0: Hello everyone, uh, this is Erla Martinez. Welcome to a Positive Perspective Podcast. Uh, today I have a great friend of mine, um, his name is Greg McIntyre with McIntyre Elder Law. I'll let yourself introduce to the audience and uh, you know explain to them what you do and who you are.
1: Sure. Hey, thanks for having me, Erlon. Um, I am um, Greg McIntyre with McIntyre Elder Law, helping seniors protect their assets and legacies. And all we do at McIntyre Elder Law is estate planning and elder law. That means we help people put in place protective measures, plan ahead um, to protect their property and money and things like that and family, um, as well as help people with crisis situations who may need long-term care and are looking at how to pay for that and do they have to lose everything to qualify for a benefit to pay for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we handle probate as well, which is, you know, after someone passes away and passing things through probate estates and trust administration. So,
0: so that was actually, well, you know, you, you, jumped straight into all the, the, the parts that I definitely wanted to get, uh, into because part of the questions that, you know, I've, I've come up for this interview, um, are some of the basic questions, like, as you said, what are probate, um, what kind of like, what does it looks to go through that process? So, you know, you, you, that was the last thing you mentioned. So would you mind explaining to the audience what that is? And, you know, as I mentioned, what's the process?
1: Probate and state administration Mm -hmm. um, is a process whereby a person who passes away with a will, Mm -hmm. um, has named an executor, that executor applies for probate letters through the court and goes through a court proceeding to transfer all money and property uh, uh, to the people in their will that they've named to receive their money and property. During that time, we would want to publish showing the world, you know, that uh, in creditors that this person has passed away in the local newspaper. And uh, we wait a specific period of time for liens to come in on that estate. And if there are liens, we have to pay those liens. Um, Hopefully that doesn't consume all the property going through the probate estate. And there's plenty left over to distribute out to the heirs.
0: Now, for someone like myself who doesn't know a lot of things about law, you know, I'm kind of like starting to get into a lot of uh, things um, just in general. Um, You mentioned liens. What exactly does that mean?
1: Yeah, so every time, you know, how about if I have a credit card, Mm -hmm. if I have, you know, if I owe money to Walmart, if I owe money to a bank, Mm -hmm. if I owe money uh, to any creditor, okay, uh, that lends me credit. If the state of North Carolina comes in and pays for long-term care for me, mm-hmm. um, then the, you know through the Medicaid system for assisted living or nursing home care, then I run up a big lien with the state that they come back and place on my probate estate when I pass away. Mm-hmm. And if my home passes through my probate estate, then the home is sold or really? auctioned to pay down that loan
0: Got or it. that that
1: lien. That's right.
0: So uh, a few kind of directions that I want to go uh, after you explain that. So, um, well, the first, one of the first questions I also have right now um, is what are the, or what age should someone, um, you know, contact an elder law attorney like yourself in order to start preparing for all of these steps that you've talked so far?
1: You know, elder law affects the whole family of all ages. So many times uh, people come in as seniors, And talk to me about asset protections. You know, many times uh, the children of those seniors uh, come in and talk and say, you know, hey, there's no plan in place. We're not not sure what to do. We're left to take care of our loved one, our mother, our father, Um, and we're not sure what to do. You know, we want you to work with us to try to put in place the right plan Mm -hmm. so that we can uh, have the assets to pay for uh, long-term care or to take care of our loved one. Um, and how can we do that? What are our options? So, to so really, you know, when I think about my target client or my perfect client, uh, you know, when I'm marketing or, or advertising or anything, certainly the senior, but also their children.
0: Really? I would have, I wouldn't have thought about, about that. I thought it was just specific for seniors. So that, that's a, a very good piece of, of advice because um, one thing that I've been telling people is, you know, this is listen across the, the entire nation. I well, want, That's my goal. It's getting there. But um, as of right now, it's that's a a good thing to know, just because, as I mentioned, I I definitely want people to kind of just get an idea of uh, elder law just in general. Obviously, if they have more questions then advocate to yourself. Um, But you mentioned the will. One of the questions that I've been very intrigued about, just because, you know, besides just going on Internet, um, what is the difference between a trust and a will?
1: Sure. Wills are public documents. Uh, When you probate a will, you've File it at the courthouse and mm-hmm. anyone, the general public, can walk in the courthouse and open that file and see everything in that file, including your will. So wills are certainly public documents. Wills are subject to liens, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, through the probate process and that lien period. Mm-hmm. Trusts are private documents. Trusts have trustees, and the trust is administered in the private, you know, by the trustee usually in conjunction with professional help from an attorney, but it's not a court process.
0: Got it. So why would someone go for either, either or? There can be
1: uh, a number of advantages that a trust has over a will. Number one, a trust avoids probate. Any assets that are already in the trust are not going through the court, courthouse process and being subjected to that long drawn out probate process a trust can allow you to script what happens to to money and property over an extended period of time. Well, well beyond your death. I had a law professor that called it dead hand control and I always pictured a remote control sticking up, you know, in a hand from the grave, you know, and you're controlling what happens on earth with your money and property and your family well beyond even when you passed away. So I might not want to curse my 18 year old children when they turn 18, you know, with a lot of money, or my my grandchildren, so I might want to set up discretionary trust with a reliable, trustworthy trustee hmm. that is over that money um, that has a legal fiduciary duty to guard that money for my child, children, grandchildren, and let's say it's a discretionary trust where I make it clear that it's to pay for their education, for their college education, and then after they get their college education, maybe starting at 25 years old. I want to distribute 10% of that money to them over the next 10 years until the trust is exhausted so that I don't give them a large lump sum of money at a very young age when they have very little life experience. They're immature and they don't have a lot of education. So yeah. or they're going to blow it or wind up with a drug problem.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: I mean, <laughs> if I would have gotten a ton of money at 18, I would have blown it in some redneck stupid way, probably at Myrtle <laughs> Beach. and I'd have been in rehab or something
0: no. What, what is a Well, you went there in, in terms of, you know, uh, the I, I, I agree a thousand percent with you. And what is it? One of the crazy, I mean, if, if a
1: grandparent feels really comfortable with giving yeah. a million bucks to an 18 year old grandchild, they probably, they probably don't. Most don't. Most, most have the wisdom to understand that they're going to do something really stupid with this money because they don't have life experience or they're young.
0: Well, no, you're, you're bringing uh, flashbacks right now to me because I used to work at Audi of Charlotte, and there was—I don't know if you're familiar with the R8, which are their top of the line. Um, and nice cars. I'd
1: like one now, actually. Yeah,
0: yeah, You own you own one nine, or I you would like one. I Audi would love one. Like now. one. Okay. Um, but uh, essentially, I remember there was like I think like a 23-year-old, 24-year-old. He wanted to pay cash because his grand, uh, his grandparents passed uh, uh like all the money to him, and I was just like. I'm pretty sure you're making that a very, very um, You think he still has that car? What was that? You think he still has that car? I don't think so. I don't think
1: so. No, but no, that, that probably, yeah. I'm <laughs> sure he had a little fun for a little while. But.
0: I'm I'm sure that I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. Um, yeah, but that
1: two hundred thousand dollar plus vehicle could have yeah. paid for his college and probably all his siblings' college, you know? And uh, you know, or his college and grad, grad school at least and uh at, at at the best of schools and and then you know maybe maybe we give them the rest over time um and maybe to help for a down payment on a house or something
0: actually, a- now you went um you know one of the questions that i also have which is very connected to this so how should or what are the bases for an elder uh person to start planning you know uh their trust and wills with yourself
1: Sure. I mean, you know, we get together generally for a consultation. We call them consultations, legal consultations.
0: Okay.
1: And we sit down and discuss with the person, the family, you know, whomever's interested and needs to be there and discuss what kind of planning needs to be done. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and I give them options. And, you know, when we sit down, we develop a plan. To take care of whatever problem they have, which generally mm-hmm. provides them with some extensive peace of mind. Mm-hmm. I have clients that are extremely worried, mm-hmm. that are anxious, that lose sleep because they think they're going to lose everything. Right in their different situations, and it provides them a visible peace of mind from the, when we start the appointment to when we're done with the consultation. So.
0: Absolutely. And uh, one of the, you know, one of the things that I've been thinking about uh, as well is, you know, as as we're recording it, as we are recording this, sorry, um, we are going through the coronavirus crisis uh, and a lot of things are, you know, changing every single day. What should an elder person do right now or their families to either protect that person, protect their assets, as you said, or like what's kind of like some, you know, quick tips, um, but what are some actionable steps? So much you take.
1: Yeah, you know, I think getting your foundational work in place. Everybody from 18 to 118 should have their general durable power of attorney, which we're, the na- street name for that is a financial power of attorney, healthcare power of attorney, living will and will, okay? Get those things in place at the bare minimum. And then if we want to talk about other options that might be right for, for you, given your goals or um, or your estate size and makeup, we might want to talk about, whether trust are, are, are good vehicles for you to protect your assets or whether deed protection on properties, which is very simple and straightforward, might be a best fit for you. Um, you know, those are things that, that people need in place, especially right now during the crisis. Hmm. I can't come, I'm not coming into quarantine and doing your consult. Right. I'm not coming into quarantine. I can't bring my notaries and witnesses from my office in. They hmm. won't let us come in sometimes. Yeah. Right. They will let us do signings. OK, we've okay. set it up with, with nursing homes, assisted living facilities. We're essential services. We can still do signings. But okay. uh, but get those things in place ahead of time. If I were in quarantine uh, and I needed extensive care, my wife's trying to pay the bills. She's trying to make sure everything's taken care of. She's blocked from a lot of our assets because my name's on all the real estate. Even if hers is, too. She can't sell it without without my permission, uh, any of it. And, you know, my retirement accounts are individual retirement accounts, IRAs. They're not couples retirement accounts. They're just mine. Insurance that's just in my name, right? There's a lot of things that she doesn't have access to that will be dead in the water or be off limits to her if I were not able to handle those things. Hmm. And, and she needs legal authority through a general durable, the financial power of attorney, to be able to do that. Would right. it be important to have a healthcare agent appointed during a healthcare crisis. Of course it would. Mm. Erlan, I have six kids, man. And, uh, you know, they couldn't agree that this, that this thing here is blue. They could, they could not agree to that. They yeah. would fight about it. They would get in a physical fight. They'd roll around on the floor. <laughs> and, you know, some families never get past that. Mm. So if I, I was laying there, needed a medical decision made, I'd probably be laying there indefinitely mm. while they tried to fight over the decision. Uh, families sometimes never progress past that point we want to appoint that one person who's the right person to be the quarterback right. level up with the family then run that decision into the doctor hmm. you know who can make medic- medical decisions life and death decisions placement decisions for me um for my for my health it's time to be selfish there and especially during a healthcare crisis need right. to have that healthcare power of attorney in place
0: absolutely um what are what you you've been talking about assets you've been talking about uh, well several things that um uh, obviously someone someone has but how many assets does someone need to have in order to talk to a lawyer like yourself
1: yeah people people have a misconception about what an estate is mm-hmm. right An estate that 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 only means that you know i have an estate if i'm to the manor born release the hounds right no that's not true you know, everybody has an estate. It's what you acquired during your life. It might be your car. It might be your bank account. It might be your retirement. It might be your house. It might be a combination of those things. People have estates, they have small estates, medium and large estates. And we can generally accommodate people with all
0: size estates. Got it, absolutely. Um- and one of the things that you mentioned is misconceptions and that's one of my favorite answers uh, or my favorite questions to always ask are or with that question is what are some uh common misconceptions that someone has about you know elder law attorney number
1: one that i am also the uh a character in better call Saul. that is not true okay well, that's, that's right? the number one common misconception to dispel
0: mm-hmm. well which one although What's that? What, what did you say he was? Sorry. I didn't catch that. I up. am
1: not the attorney in Better Call Saul. Okay? That is not me. All right? Saul Goodman plays an elder law attorney in Better Call Saul to begin with. And oh. usually changes and gets hooked up with the cartel. That is not yeah. me. But I have You're a lot really of good strong. conversations about that.
0: Yeah, Elder absolutely. law is You're much different You're talking about than Breaking Bad. Show. Yeah. yeah. I'm
1: the, I'm well, the, it's, a, it's an offshoot of Breaking Bad. He's an elder law attorney in that show. People talk to me about it all the time. Uh, number two that uh, that you have to be rich to do estate planning that's not true and in fact many people can do estate planning and and retain the money and property that they that they've accumulated over their lives there's I love this term middle class guilt and it's true you know the, the people I see that want to give back everything that they ever made, to the government in the end are a lot of times not rich people because they're planning with them. They're they're putting in place trust. They're protecting their assets. They're taking advantage of every opportunity they can to protect their money and property and pass it on to their kids and grandkids to give them a better life and to preserve what they work for. But you'll see people with, you know, medium to small estates that really don't see the value of protecting it. Mm-hmm. and they should a house that's worth a hundred thousand dollars can 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 send a grandkid or two to college it can change the trajectory of a family mm-hmm. um so so yeah so i think the fact that you have to be rich to do estate planning is a huge misconception and people really get into trouble um and 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 and, and or come to me when sometimes it's too late um mm-hmm. when they fail to plan how about
0: that right absolutely um So one of the questions that I wanted to ask you about that as well is when someone um, is starting to plan, um, you mentioned, you know, you don't, you don't have to be rich and everything, but what happens if, you know, for God's sake, like someone passes away and they they have accumulated, you know, as you said, they're a medium class type of person. Um, What happens to all that money if they don't have any wills or trusts in place?
1: Yeah, sure. It, it depends. You know, sometimes people get in situate. The, the biggest thing I'm worried about in elder law is long-term care. That's the biggest ticket item. A lot of times that's what makes people spend down, you know, people will spend hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars over several years on long-term care. Okay. On their assisted living or nursing home care. Many times it makes their fortunes disappear. Really? Right. And, and, you know, especially if you have a spouse, you know, I meet with the crying wife a lot of times, um, and she's concerned because they've spent down hundreds of thousands over the last several years for the husband's care, and she's scared she's going to be destitute and broke. And they both worked to save for their retirement, and but did not invest in long-term care insurance, which could have paid for that long-term care, um, or waited until it was too late to try to look into that. Um, or, you know, maybe they didn't have their basics. The general jur- power of attorney healthcare power of attorney in place and now this person is incompetent or incapacitated and could not sign one so Mm -hmm. it's blocked the wife out from the assets uh, not not meaning to or the spouse out from the assets not meaning to Mm -hmm. so the the earlier you can get in and and get those things in place the better
0: so you mentioned the elder uh, insurance or elder care insurance sorry um (laughs)
1: long-term care insurance
0: yeah when does someone starts paying for that or because i I've, that's a first time i hear that term and you you mentioned it's one of the most important things but when should someone start paying sure for sure
1: uh, at this point i do not sell long-term care insurance i'm not a a, a an insurance agent i'm the attorney but right. certainly i recognize that as a a valid and and um, effective estate planning tool
0: mm-hmm absolutely it's to be
1: able to have insurance that pays for in-home assisted living or nursing home care. I mean, how many people listening want to go to a nursing home today? Yeah. Maybe rather have the m- private money to bring someone in to take care of you at home.
0: That's very true.
1: Long-term care insurance has the power to do that.
0: Got it. Um, one last thing that uh, I was, you know, finding online different questions and, and trying to think, as I, because as I mentioned, you know, I'm not that familiar with elder law attorney. I've You're with- doing a
1: great job, man yeah you should, but, you should be one, you,
0: should be one. <laughs> uh, you know it's you never know what's going to happen at the end of the day, but um you never
1: know what might happen?
0: yeah yeah, one question that I definitely found across multiple you know people uh, online is, so how does an elder law attorney help with taxes and like the tax planning, I guess I should say because
1: I always put out number one the disclaimer that I am not a tax attorney, however uh, we do need to know enough about taxes to navigate the system. Mm -hmm. So an elder law attorney and a a true estate planning attorney is going to have a knowledge of how trust, which is a good, another thing trusts are good at helps you navigate the tax system or increase your taxable exemption for money and property you might pass on, um, at the end of your life. Right now, during this podcast, you know, the taxable exemption, that for a gift and estate tax is $11.18 million. So unless you have over that, you're not going to get hit with gift tax during your life or estate tax at death.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But that sunsets in 2025. So going into 2026, it could be a different ballgame. You know, if it came down to a couple hundred thousand, you know, or, or, you know, somewhere around there, I'd have people lined up around the blocks wanting wanting to do trust to maximize their taxable exemption when they passed away.
0: Absolutely. And uh, Greg, one of the last things that I always like to, you know, leave be, or ask before we leave is, um, what is the one thing you wish everyone knew about elder law attorneys?
1: That, they, that what we do doesn't just affect the elderly. Hmm that it affects the entire family.
0: Absolutely.
1: Uh, The money and property a loved one works for or that you work for can change the trajectory of your entire family. Right. And elder law attorneys have the power to do that. I wish they knew how much we actually do know and do spend looking at benefits and those things. I, I see people all the time that come in and they already have in their head, that, oh, this can't be done or these things can't be done. They don't really, you know, so keep an open mind, right? When you go see someone who just does one specific thing for a living, okay? Mm-hmm. Because that person's there all the time and has explored many, many options you may never have thought of,
0: but yeah. yeah absolutely. And uh, Greg, one of the things that, um, well, I know you only work in certain states for those of us or for those who, uh, who are listening, what states do you work in?
1: Yeah, so I'm a, an attorney in North Carolina, however, I am uh, and attorneys are licensed state by state. So I'm a, a North Carolina attorney and North Carolina is a fairly good sized state. So if I could tackle the entire state of North Carolina, that could keep me busy for a lifetime. Okay. However, um, I am a part of elder Council, which is a national group of elder law attorneys. And that allows me to have a really deep bench to refer to and work with attorneys from around the country. So ever have any questions call us 704-749-9244 regardless of what state you live in and we'll try to get you to the right place.
0: Awesome well Greg that was actually going to be my last question where can people find you so if you want to you know just give
1: out 704-749-749-9244 is our phone number or you can go online we have a ton of resources on our website at mcelderlaw.com, and just for your listeners, Erlan, I recorded, usually, when it's not the pandemic, I'm out giving seminars to the world over, okay, multiple times a month,
0: I love to talk to people. Are those online as well?
1: Because we cannot get out there and do that right now, for your audience, I recorded a free online webinar style seminar, just for them, it's mcelderlaw.com slash free webinar mcelderlaw.com slash free webinar, okay?
0: Perfect. Greg, thank you so much for your time. It's definitely been a pleasure. Thank you so much for all the information, all the knowledge. Uh, I really appreciate, you know, all of the effort that you've also taken to, you know, just do this podcast as well. Hey, man, thank
1: you for the opportunity and you have a great day, okay?